And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. Yes, we are back. It is the Weighing In Podcast with my man, the punk Josh Thompson and me, John McCarthy, <sighs> setting up for a great weekend of fights. We got a lot to talk about. Both MMA, even boxing, even celebrity boxing. There's all kinds of things going on. A lot to talk about. What's happening, my brother? Uh, the word celebrity is such a stretch these days. Who is it? It's though? one of those things. It's one of those things. <laughs> oh, man. So much going on. I'm so pumped for today. But, John, first, there's things we have to talk about. Some strictly business is what we got to get down to today. Strictly business. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to vote down below, okay, in the comment section because I read them and no one else does. <laughs> I'm le- I want to know from you guys right now which hat is the best. Oh, there you go. Bam. Bam. This has the, the flex fit in the back right there. It's got like the, trucker the trucker cap, that fit. trucker cap, flex, flex fit in the back. Fits the head nicely. This is good for me. John had a little bit of a hard time when he got his sample in the mail. <laughs> And uh, it didn't really fit. It looked like a big old nipple on his head, from what I understand. So, Miss McCarthy is rocking that hat. It's my <laughs> wife. Miss McCarthy is rocking that hat. But that is the hat that I like. Now, I'm not opposed to this one, John. Okay, but it has a little weird back to it like this. And I yeah, like the logo on the front. You're supposed to tuck that in, man. You're supposed yeah, to tuck that into it. the side thing. I man. got it. It's got the little frayed ends. You know, the I old like school, the like, ends. vintage. Yeah, yeah like vintage. you actually wore it before. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. It reminds me of like the old school like Giants and like Dodgers hats from like the Brooklyn Dodgers, right? Was it Brooklyn Dodgers? Brooklyn? It was Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers, okay. Yeah, the old school hats, they have like the little freight ends and stuff. Kind of looks good. I kind of don't mind this one. Yeah, it's been like around that. a while. I like that one as well. Now, this is where we get into Big John's head, okay? Now, I love this <laughs> color. I love this color, but look at how this thing fits. That thing is enormous on my little tiny head. Now, John's head, it may be a little bit different, but I love this color. I I love the way the logo pops off the gray. I love it, but I got to figure out a different way to to make this this color in a smaller size head. I don't know how to do that. But then there's this one, but this is basically the same same thing, except it's on a black hat. That's the one that fits me. I actually prefer the gray. I should prefer it's the same exact hat, just with different colors. I like the gray one better, but black, you know, John wears black. Doesn't matter where he goes, what he's doing. It's black or a very dark, dark gray, which is also black. But it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so you it guys makes down life below. easy. No decisions to be made. There is there is what it looks like, okay, on Thompson's head. Now on Big John's, it looks a little bit different, I'm I'm assuming. <laughs> but this is what it looks like. It's a little, you know, it's a little big off top. So I like the style of hat. I just wish it came in a little bit smaller size in terms of the, the, the top part. But you guys decide down below. But I love the gray, and I love this uh, trucker flex fit at the end. This one here is, fits me perfectly, nice and cut my head. You know who's going to love the fact that I'm going to wear a hat like this? John Norton. Norton's going to love the fact because I always rock these type of hats. But what I do is I rock them like this as I'm walking around and it fucking drives, drives him crazy. Absolutely nuts. He's like, would you please bend that bill? Will you please get it down on your head? And so now that's the deal. All right, guys. Well, hey, down below, vote on it. You guys have the flex fit. You guys got the gray one. The gray and the black are the same. And you got the old vintage uh, one that's here as well with the freight end. So give a little vote down below. Which hat would you guys like to rock? We're going to put up on our on our store for you guys to purchase. 
All right, now now we're done talking about business, John. Let's get down to some nitty gritty. Let's get down to some fights. What are you thinking here, buddy? What are you thinking? About time the UFC going to Paris for the very first time. No. And having a yes. No, they've gone before. Negative. I'm I'm going to challenge you on this. Okay, they've challenge been. me on it. They've been. Dave, really? you look this up. Yeah, they've been. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I believe they have been. Yes. All right. Now, I here I'm gonna have a. Whoop. They may they may not Whoop. have been, and it was it was UFC Fight Pass. There was a show there that did. Oh yeah, that I think, doesn't I think count. They've been. That's, I know. I know. No, that's not them. Not. That's not them. But I no. think that they have been. This is the first time in Paris. Wow. For the UFC. Wow. Well, France. Yeah. In Which France, is great. First first time in France. First time in France. <clears throat> they did. We they all... did have the the in, the. The show that Bellator had, which was the first big show, I guess, in Paris, there was a show the night before that that was on Fight Pass that had nothing to do with UFC. Yeah. You're right about that. But uh, I don't yeah. see. Announced his first ever France event. Very nice. Boom. Very nice. Okay. All right. Well, I stand corrected, I ladies out. and gentlemen. It's very rare out. that I am wrong, so I want to make sure that I admit it <laughs> to everybody. See, I'm a good man. I admit when I am wrong, which is very rare for me. So I'm going to go ahead and <clears throat> step aside on this. Let John talk about this. This is a big deal, though. This is a big deal for fighters. This for, is a huge for, deal. For French fighters to be like, hey, yeah. I can finally fight in my home country. That's amazing. For Cyril Gaon, this is, come on. You know, you, you are a professional athlete. You you spend all this time training, and you can't even perform in where you live in your hometown yeah. in your home country. That's crazy. Now he can put on a show, have everyone come out and see, and this is awesome. I think it's smart for the UFC to uh, have Cyril as the headliner of the show. You know, heavyweights sell. He is a technically dynamite. You know, heavyweight fighter. He's got you know the full package he does a lot of spinning attacks he does a lot of great things he's difficult to hit but he's fighting the right kind of person if you're thinking about the matchup wise i love the matchup that they have here because tuya vasa is just fun he's a brawler he's not the he's not the greatest technician let's say as far as you know his style but he imposes his will and his style on his opponents and sometimes suck them in. He, they, he sucks them right into that brawl, which is where he's effective. Can he do that against Cyril Gunn? We're going to find out. I think Cyril's a little too technical, possibly, but if, uh, you know, anyone can, you know, pull someone into a brawl, it would be tied to Ivasa and he's always looking to get the shoey done at the end. So we'll see. <laughs> I, um, this lets you know how much the UFC loves Gone. Is they are having him headline in in the first event ever in France. And now I know they've got a lot of other top, they've got a lot of other good fighters, but he is somebody that they are looking as to be the future. What is he? 25, oh, yeah. 26 years old. He's young, isn't he? Hey, I he's, he's young. Old. I don't How think he's twice. Thirty two. Thirty two. I was gonna say I thought he was thirty. Jeez, man. Yeah. Josh Thompson is off today. Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. My apologies. My Taylor, apologies. The tape's gonna suck for you. Wow, Taylor the tape later. <laughs> oh, on our five rounds main event, which we're going to film later uh, and drop to, on Wednesday morning. You guys, make sure you guys Thursday. check that out. Sorry, Thursday morning. 
there you go again, Steve Day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is uh, he's extremely talented. He's got the footwork. He's got the speed. He's got the creativity on the feet. He can also sprawl and brawl. He's been known to get a takedown here and there. He's yeah. a phenomenal fighter. So the fact is, is that this is a huge deal, not just for him, but for every uh, French fighter to be able to fight in their hometown. I've been able, I've been blessed to actually fight in my home city, in San Jose, countless times. And yep. after you get past that very first one, which that could be a problem, John. Yeah. Let's. It can make let a me, difference. Let, let me just tell you guys, fighting in your home city or in your home. I, I don't know about country wise in terms of I've, I've always have been able to fight here in my own country, but fighting in your home city, it's got to be like the first time ever having a French uh, a, a UFC in Paris for them or in France for them because they're going to have so many family, friends, everyone coming out of the woodwork. People that they Everybody haven't talked to tickets. since. Everyone wants to Everyone go. wants tickets. Everyone wants a discount. Everyone wants to know where the after party is. Everyone wants to know where you're. Where do I go for the weigh-ins. Everyone wants to know all of those things. Look, when Bellator went there, they sold out and they sold out quickly. I can imagine this thing sold out extremely fast. Oh, and then yeah. on top of that, it's probably standing room only in the hallways. I mean... I'm just being honest. This is a big, big deal. And to think that he's not going to be feeling some sort of pressure. You think fighting for the title was a lot of pressure? Try fighting with your family, your friends, your friends you haven't talked to in five, six, eight, ten years. Now are all coming to watch you, hitting you up through social media, hitting you up through your phone calls, your text messages, everything. They're coming out of the woodwork, and they can be a distraction. So I hope this last week and this week that he's in right now, that he's just got his phone turned off or he's got a burner phone for his loved ones only, the ones that he truly... <laughs> mm -hmm. That's really what it came down to after my first fight. I fought in San Jose. After that first fight, I went and got a burner phone. And I just I used the burner phone the week of the fight and turned my own phone off. And just only I only had certain people had that number. It was only about three or four people that had that number. And if you want to get a hold of me, you had to be able to get a hold of them. If you didn't have their number, you couldn't get a hold of me. This is how it worked. And so it was best for me. And then... uh it worked out perfectly. So this, I'm hoping for him that he takes this experience and absorbs it all, but not the negative side, which is everyone coming out of the woodwork, just trying to bother him, asking for the, just for such petty things. You know, like I said, where's the after party? Where's the weigh-ins? Look it up, man. Look, like, <laughs> look, look it up. up. You know, like, look it up. Look, the information's on social media. Yeah. Those are the biggest, those could be some of the biggest downfalls for some fighters when they fight in their own town. And uh, it could be such a distraction. And it shouldn't be. Your family and your friends should understand that the most. So I'm hoping, you know, that he ends up coming out of a great performance. And Tuivasa is a stud. He's got, he's got good hips, good at, good at stuff and takedowns. <clears throat> he has been known to be able to be pressed against the fence, you know, and uh, held there for a little bit. I don't know if Gon's going to do that. I could see him threatening that a little bit if he does get in trouble using his athleticism to press uh, Gon, uh, press Tuivasa against the fence, control him there. I don't see him really trying to shoot a takedown, maybe threaten it a little bit, but then not really trying to really work too hard for it. But this could be this could be one of those shocker fights that could end up being a really good fight. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. They're going to give you a little extra spending cash for that first initial deposit. Also, you only have to bet your, winning, bet your winnings one time 
and you can pull it out after that. That's almost unheard of, John, in almost every online gambling site. You have to bet it multiple times before you can actually get your money back, but not at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in That little QR code right there will take you over to our site there at mybookie.ag using that promo code. Hopefully you guys can win some money this weekend with Tuivasa versus Cyril Gaon. It's going to be a great fight. Check out those odds at mybookie.ag. I could, I could see Gon absolutely shooting a takedown because if you're going to look and say where is where is Ty the best, mm-hmm. it's brawling on the feet. Yeah, It's definitely not if he's on the ground and he's definitely not dangerous off his back. And so if he's if you're in the top position on him, you've taken away most of his you know ability to hurt you. So I could see where Gon would look and go, I might want to try to take him down. That, that would be a, a good plan for this fight. But he's not more of a threat than Francis Ngannou. And Cyril Ngannou wasn't really attempting takedowns on Ngannou. Threw one or two out there, but the rest of the time was stick and move, stick and move, you know, really trying to utilize that position mm-hmm. on the speed. He was, his, his athleticism and his footwork is something you very rarely see in a heavyweight. He's the the thing that makes the thing that separates Cyril Gaon in the heavyweight division is he's very difficult to hit, very difficult to touch. And if you know you you can have all the power in the world, if you can't touch him, yeah, it's, it's that's a tough road you know for you to hoe. So I I do think that Ty is going to have those times when he's going to be throwing and and you know there's going to be a lot of wind moving, but he's not going to be touching because Gaon is tough to. It's tough to get the timing. It's tough to get the distance on him and to understand exactly how well he moves his feet because he doesn't lean. He doesn't do the lean backs. He doesn't do He moves his feet, which moves him out of range and then back into range quickly. So he's good. He's just a good fighter, a good solid fighter overall. Like I said, technically, if you're going to look at the two, Cyril Gaon's the more technical fighter. But like I said, Taito Avasa is a brawler. And he's a gamer, and he's he's gonna go in there to fight. He's you know he's gonna go in there to he has fun now. I think he's gotten so much better as far as understanding how to fight. You know, I don't. I think in the beginning, tough guy, but didn't really understand how to fight. He understands how to fight now. He's got it down, and he knows how to bring people into his world and make them fight his fight. It's another thing to make Cyril Gon do that. Well, John, you just talked about his fight. Well, let's explain to everyone what his fight is. His fight, if he wants to win this fight, is in a phone booth. Oh, yeah. He Inside. can't be on the outside getting no. stuck. He can't be out there getting jabbed to death. He can't be out there getting kicked to death. He's going to have to check those kicks and counter and then get in on the inside and keep his Make head it ugly. His, the uppercuts that he likes to throw. He's got to keep his head in a good posture. He can't afford to dip his head, get his head shoved down, and get taken down or being being stuck on bottom. Yeah. Look, heavyweights off their back are not the greatest. You have occasional guys that are good off their back. Tom Aslanol's good off his back. I think Sarogon's good at getting up off of his back because of his athleticism. Certain guys are not great off their back in the heavyweight division. Some have some exceptions. Tuivasa is not one of those exceptions. He hits his back. He's not really looking to. He's not going to be able to really get up against someone who is faster in mobility and getting around his body, sitting him back to his hip, keeping his heavy his chest presser on top of him. But Tuivasa has got to make sure he's countering the leg kicks so he doesn't get comf- that, that he doesn't allow Gon to get comfortable throwing the leg kicks. And he's got to make sure that when he does slide in and land one, he's got to try to land the two and the three. 
right away. He can't afford just to keep lunging in for just one, one only, one only. Because I don't think one's going to be quite enough. I know he's got power. I don't think one's going to be quite enough to get him out of there. It's going to have to be done in a combination because what Gon does, because of the movement, he doesn't really take direct shots. Like you said, he's very hard to hit. So he's not taking the direct shot unless he gets clipped directly anyone can go out but he's good at rolling with the punch he's good with moving off of that off that punching so two of us can't afford just to just to think that he's going to throw one shot and the fight's going to be over he's going to have to land in a combination uppercut tight left hook tight overhand rights whatever it is but he's going to have to fight him in a phone booth if he wants to get it done yeah i agree with you but it's it, it is an interesting fight and for cyril god i think you know being able to headline in his country, this is going to be a special night for him as far as just how the whole thing is. But it could be, as you pointed out, that might be the thing that, that throws it over the top and the pressure actually builds to the point where it's hard for him to handle the whole thing. Yeah. All right, next fight. Robert Whitaker against Marvin Vittori in the middleweight. I, I look at this, it's a great matchup. But as I look at it, and I love Marvin Vittori, and I love you know how he does, I don't see him having as many options in winning this fight as Robert Whitaker does. Just being honest with it, you know, Robert Whitaker, yeah, he can't, he, he hasn't been able to beat Israel Adesanya, and only one guy has, and no one in the middleweight division. <laughs> so, uh, look, you know, Robert Whitaker is a stud. Marvin Vittori is a stud. They do things differently though and i do believe the speed lies with robert whitaker speed is usually the, the, the direction that i will go to when i look at a fighter and say who has the advantage the guy that is the faster fighter and i think overall robert whitaker is the faster fighter here i look at robert whitaker he's a lot of talk right now of him going up to 205 which we'll talk about later yeah. um he was went from 170 was killing himself to get there then up to 85 <clears throat> Then going to 205, and what I liked um, when I was reading what he was talking about going to 205 is I like is that he wants to make sure that he is done in this division first. And beating Marvin Vittori right now would capitalize the fact that, like, look, there's no one else ahead of me, and I'm, ha I'm not getting an automatic rematch, or I'm not getting a rematch here soon against Izzy. So I might as well make my way to another way, another another weight class where I could potentially be the champ. I think he's got a great chance of being the champ in that weight class. It just depends on how he carries that weight, which is what he talked about, you know, in that in that article that I read. <clears throat> I think Vittori is a tough fight for him, though. All those things, I agree with you, John. That Robert Whitaker is the faster fighter. He's tighter with his stand-up. He's got the cleaner combinations. He's more crafty on the feet. But if I'm going to say really what it comes down to is it's going to come down to the toughness of Vittori if he's going to get it done. He's got to pressure the takedowns. He's got to grind on him, hang on him, make him fight an uncomfortable fight. Robert Whitaker on his back foot is not the same fighter he is going forward. not the same fighter standing in the center of the cage and dictating the pace of the fight. He can sprawl and then prop you back up and land head kicks in combinations. But you've, but I think if Vittori does a little bit of how he fought Izzy by trying to press him to the fence, trying to control him that way, I think he'll have a little bit more success on getting Whitaker down. I don't know if he can hold him down. I don't think he can hold him down is the difference. But I think he'll be able to get him down. Now, how much will that slow Robert Whitaker down on the feet? And how much of an effect will that have during this duration? Now, it's only a three. I think it's only a three-round fight. Three-round right? fight. Correct? Yeah, yeah. three-round fight. It's going to be very hard to take him down repeatedly in a three-round fight and take Robert Whitaker down. So 
I, I'm going to have to go agree with you and I'm leaning towards Robert Whitaker because of the combinations, the cleanness of that. He's been around, he's been around the block and fought every who's who in the game. And Vittori's fought tough guys as well. Just doesn't have that in cage, in ring experience or, you know, as Robert Whitaker does against the top, top guys. Now he's fought the top guy, but not to the level of which Robert Whitaker has. Yeah. Like, I, I go, I go with Vittori is. I love everything about him. He's a gamer. He comes yeah. to fight. He doesn't back down from him. I love, I love when he did the whole thing with the Paulo Costa thing and saying, I don't care what weight. And, you know, went up, went up an entire weight class, basically 20 pounds to have the fight. So he didn't lose the fight. Everything about him. I love. I just think that in this matchup, this is a hard stylistic matchup for the way he fights and the way Whitaker fights. This one's a tough one for him. I'm not saying he can't get it done. He can. But I, I wouldn't say he's the favorite in it. Let me throw a wrench in this. Is yeah. Robert, because Robert Whitaker's already talking about 205, is he already checked out of this division? I that might be so. also something. I don't think so. I think, you know, you're, you're looking, you're being honest about, you know, your future and you're looking at things yeah. and saying, look, I know that they're not going to throw me back in with Israel because, you know, he's, he's 2 and 0 on me right now. I had a, a good second fight with him, but it went to, you know, him on the scorecards. It's going to be a while. So I'll take this fight and then I'll talk about, I'll, I'll talk with my team and think about, you know, maybe we will move up because at least I believe that I can contend there quicker than I'm going to be able to contend where I'm at here at middleweight. So yeah. I don't think it's a distraction. I think it's just a matter of him telling the truth. I look at the guys in the 205 pound division and there's not there's not one that I look at that he can't beat. Not one. His yeah. the you're right. Look, I'm being on the speed and his ability to fight everywhere and to be very tough to hold down in a takedown situation makes him a hard matchup. No doubt about it. I, I agree with you. It's not that they can't beat him, but yeah. I think he, he can be competitive with all of them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that he can't be beat. I'm simply yeah. saying that he can beat all of them. Now, when I look at certain, when I look at, when I look at certain fighters and they go up into weight class, I'm like, you're not gonna be able to beat this guy. You're not gonna be able to beat this guy. <laughs> you know, you might be able to beat this guy. You know what I mean? Like, you're, that, yeah. that's kind of you're just being real with yourself. I think this fighter is gonna be able to beat this. Guy. And and the reality is, is that there's not a guy in that two hundred five pound division now that John Jones is out of there that I'm like Robert Whitaker could beat all of them. He could beat each one of them. Now he could also lose to each one of them. You know, <laughs> that's the fight game. That's the fight game. So, um, but that I think it, it does make for some fun fights if you take Robert Whitaker up there. Because if I look at him and Yuri, uh, Prochesca, I look at him like Robert's got the cleaner stand up. Robert's got, he's got the ability to get the takedowns. And we saw that Yuri is not the best off of his back. And Robert's a smart fighter. Whitaker is able to take that fight anywhere he wants. I'm not saying it's an easy fight. By all means, it's not an easy fight. No. We know that. But I think he's got a chance to win. Yuri leaves himself out of position all the time. Robert Whitaker very rarely leaves himself out of position. So he's got to be brought out of that position. I don't think Yuri can do that to him as much as like Izzy did because Izzy has the speed, the feints, the style of stand-up to do it. And I look at other guys, Anthony Smith, uh, Santos, um, who else? Uh, the one that's Reyes. coming back, Dominic Reyes. I look at those guys and I'm like, they're all beatable. They're, they're all beatable. <laughs> I agree. So, 
Uh, it makes. You're me, right. It, I would love to see Robert Whitaker go to 205, and he's going to put the. He talked about putting the weight on properly, making sure that that's where he's going to stay. So that makes for some fun action. Yeah. Next. Oh, we got Alessio Di. I'm going to say Sirico against mm -hmm. Roman Kapalov. Good fight. Good fight. Good technique in both guys. Kapalov is the guy that is is the real question mark here. It's how how really good is he? You know, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out how he does in this fight. But it's it's an interesting matchup. But you know who we you know who we know is good is Nazrat. Nazrat yep. is good. Nazrat McDessie is good as well. He's on the downslide. We all can agree with. I think we can agree on that, John. Yeah. Uh, for his body, he's on the backside of the career. For his body frame, though, he's not a big guy for that weight class. He should be a forty-five pounder. I don't know if he can make that weight class in terms of keeping his without losing. He's stocky. It, he's he is thick. short and thick. Yeah, short and thick, explosive. Got some That's spinning, why he's called the spinning attacks. He's good, but Nazrat is, a, I think, a different level right now. He's a little bit. Um, he's also younger. How old is Nazrat? Twenty-seven. I don't know, but the one I've thing, the, the one thing that I look at is if you're going to look at both fighters. Mm -hmm. John has taken more damage. Absolutely. Uh, Nazrat has still got a very good chin. He takes a big shot and uh, he delivers big shots. He, he likes guys that want to fight in the stand-up and that's mm -hmm. what he's got in McDessey. McDessey doesn't like to take the fight to the ground. No. He likes to be in the stand-up with it. So I look and go, this is the perfect fight for you know Nazrat to come back and have a good you know showing and uh, you know get a win against a guy who Look, he's going to be standing there, and he's going to be banging, and he can definitely hurt you. But this is the exact fight that Hasbrat wants. Yeah, I think uh, Nazar can he can push, he can bully him around. I think he'll be able to push him back on his back foot. I think he'll be able to bully him around. If he can do that, I think it's going to change how this fight is played out. Um, Megdesi is going to have to use his speed, his lateral movement, which he normally does. It's nothing new to him. He's going to be able to stick and move, stick and move. Um, you have to stay long with those kicks because Nazrat, Nazrat is long. He's long with the arms and the striking. He's he's got power. He's he's, he's a got game power. Real throw. He will wrestle a little bit if he needs to, but he's he will mainly throw big shots and he will make you pay if you leave yourself out of position. And I agree that McDessie's taking a lot more damage than Nazrat has. So this is a great fight for Nazrat. It's just a matter of whether he can get it done or not. Which is this is why we fight the fights. We want to know what's going to happen because anything can happen. Cause if we just if we just all did it based off of our opinions, John, we'd all end up with Holly Holman and, and uh, the other girl. <laughs> See, we forgot her name already. <laughs> uh, so this is this is why we fight the fights. All right, what we, else we got? We got Will William Gomez against Jarno Eterns. I've watched Gomez fight one time. You know, solid, mm -hmm. strong. Fast, got the whole thing. I've never watched Jarno Aaron's fight. Okay. I've never seen him fight. Have you? Nope. I haven't okay. seen either one of them fight. So okay. I don't want to say too much on them because they both, I'm sure, are good. One's 10 and 2, and uh, Gomez is 10 and 2. And then you got Aaron's 13 and 3 and 1. So good records. You know, we'll see, uh, we'll see how that plays out. But you know who I have seen fight, though? Charles Dordain. Yeah, I know. Hell low. I have a question, Hello. though, John. What the hell is he doing so low on the card? Man, I tell you, there's a couple of them on this card. I look and it's like, all right, you know, obviously they have, like every promoter, there's a reason, you know, behind some of their things as far as 
locals or you know countrymen that are fighting putting them on the main card but charles jordan is a stud yes he lost his last fight against shane burgos but man what a fight it was increase could have won it the guy is a stud he's had some unbelievable moments in the cage he's good everywhere good on his feet good on the ground nathaniel wood tough dude this is a great matchup right here and then i also look at you know you've got buckley in there against emovov i can't believe how low that is on the card i think that's a yeah. great matchup that's going to be a great fight and you would think that that fight which is what is it? it's the fourth fight on the card it's like that's going to be a great fight and it's yeah. that far down crazy but you know they're doing it i you think sometimes, right, that they just maybe they got inside track, maybe Buckley's hurt, or maybe Imov, or maybe Imovov they're not impressed with right now, and they want to just. How can you not be impressed with that dude? He has been smoking you people. You don't know, John. Sometimes, you, sometimes they get a wild hair up their ass. I mean, look at Corey Anderson was considered one of those guys that was just a lay and pray yeah. guy, and he got away from it, and it cost him. You know, and the, these Russian fighters, or these Dagestan fighters, or these. Uh, Check, you know, fighters, whatever they are, they they don't care. They're gonna keep doing what they do to be to be successful. I think in this situation with Imovov, he's just got to follow his game plan. He's got to be very careful of the spinning attacks. He's got to be very careful of the power of Buckley. I mean, because Buckley is he's small for the size because they're fighting at eighty five, correct? He's Buckley yep. still eighty five. Yeah, is that he's explosive though, super explosive combinations come from all different angles he's dynamic with his feet as we've seen already and he can do anything at any time that will shock you so Imovov's got to be careful even though and i agree with you john i have no idea why this fucking fight is so low down on the card it well also nuts. look at now Imovov fights out of france he fights out of the same camp as cyril gun yeah I'm like, it didn't, doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. And then you got the the fight before that is the guy that, you know, Benoit St. Denis, who mm -hmm. he had the one bad loss, came back, got a win. You know, this dude is a stud. He, he is a tough dude going against Gabriel Miranda. That's a good matchup. And again, hometown guy, guy from France, St. Denis. So, but he's starting it off and, you know, with the third slot, but. This is he's, the only thing. He's someone I want to watch. Let's think about this. Because like, we've seen, we've worked for promotions forever. Sometimes they'll have someone who's a fan favorite, right? Earlier in the card to get the crowd there as early the as possible. crowd there earlier. Yep. So that wouldn't make sense. I mean, hey, let's get them there as fast as we can. Yeah. Because people are going to be tuning in for sure because it's the prelims, but it's the first show they've ever done in France. The UFC has ever done in France. And so they want to make sure that the crowd is there and packed before they start going too, too deep into the card. They can't True. have it how it is like in boxing where the whole card's over and the main event's just getting started and there's like 10 people in the crowd and not till like the second or third round do fans actually get there for the main event, you know, in boxing in this in with MMA, we've never had that problem. Fans trickle in around the second and third, you know, uh, fight on the prelims and they stay They're loyal. Like that's one thing I can say about MMA fans, John, they're fucking there for every fight. Oh. We it's, it's so weird to me that boxing fans don't get there earlier because boxing fans have always been known to be hardworking people. They're normally, no, they, those are the people that are, they're saving all their money to try and go to these boxing matches, but they still don't get there till later. Yeah. But the, here's the difference. You're, they are hardworking people, but boxing promoters for the most part, 
if you look at the undercards on some boxing, yeah. you know, big time boxing, doo doo. No, yeah, I mean, just nobody's fighting, and so it's yeah. like they go ah, Jake Pauls. That doesn't that does not interest me at all. <laughs> I want saying, I, I want to see the Paul's. co-main and the main, and that's what I'm going to show up. And it's like, okay, I understand. No, you you have to have some, you know, like not skin in the game, but you have to know the fighter to have an interest. That's mm-hmm. usually what you know drives someone to get there. And with you know, MMA has done a great job of having fighters that people get interested in, and so they yeah. show up no matter where they are on the card. What's crazy is um, we used to go to um, the Arnold Classic Strike Force when I was with Strike Force. We used to go to the Arnold Classic. And I remember signing autographs all day at the Arnold. I'd be there from like 10 in the morning until like 6 at night. Yep. But it was a blast. But with the people you would meet, they would say, I, I, go to, I go to one event all year. It's the Arnold Classic. And I go to Strike Force now because you guys are now all tied together. They're like, I do that every single year because I go to the Arnold. And then you guys, all the fighters are here. And then we go right from here to the actual fights. I'm like, this is, that's pretty awesome because MMA fans, that's what they do. Like, they, they are loyal. Remember, that's, that's why I was so disappointed when the UFC got rid of uh, International Fight Week. When they stopped getting, when they, when they got rid of tap out couldn't be there anymore, affliction couldn't be there anymore, and it was like all oh, it was just Reebok. It lost the nostalgia of like how great it was. It was so great because you had every fighter that could come to represent their their sponsor, and they were able to make a little bit of money on the side. But it was also a good way to help build up all their fan, like their fan base, because there was people that came and like they saw you, and they met you, and they hated you before. But then that, when they met you, they realized <laughs> they that they liked you. you. That was yeah. my total MMO. Like, you're such an asshole. Da, 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 da. But then they met me like, you're so nice. How are you so nice with all these kids and these, you know, and everyone else that's in line? I'm like, this is who I am, dude. So it was like, it was a good opportunity for the fans to really get to know their, well, the, our, the fighters. Look, before Strikeforce, okay. Strikeforce set the North American MMA record with their very first show. People don't yes. realize that the show, the Strike Force number one, which was Frank Shamrock against Caesar Gracie as the main event, which was a horrible fight. But it 19, was 19,820 something seats or something like that. It, it was eight, yeah, 18,800 and some was the was total 19. sales. No, was it 18? Okay. Yeah, 18 something. But it set the record and it held that record for a long time until Fake the UFC Arnold Classic. In Columbus, Ohio, oh. which was UFC 68, mm-hmm. Randy Couture fought Tim Sylvia, and that beat it at 19,000 something. But it, it held. But that's what you know shows like the Arnold Classic and that combining of the you know that type of you know atmosphere with MMA. It worked. You know, well, it John, worked for what? John, you're you're forgetting the show that beat them all though, at the Coliseum <laughs> K1. That beat it all, right? That beat it all. What are, like what was there like fifty thousand people? Not fifty thousand people, but did oh they buy God. all the tickets? Do they, they? I swear to you. Okay, I had a gym back then. They came and said, "Can we can we bring tickets? You know, for you guys to you know just hand out." Sure. They gave me like ten thousand tickets. I was like, "What do you expect?" I, I said, I "Can't get rid of ten thousand fucking tickets." Yeah, but, like, just give them away. Yeah, I gave them away. They bought like twenty some thousand tickets oh, or something like that, and they just handed them all out. Yeah, yep. that does that shouldn't count towards the record. That's garbage. that's not the record. That's 
It's considered, it was considered the record for a bit. No, it wasn't. Yes, they actually, people try to say, yeah, the K1 did the record because they bought all the fucking tickets. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, okay, if, if you're going to go in North America, what's the record? I would say George St. Pierre, uh, not Koscheck, Jake Shields, wasn't That's it? That's right. Rogers, UFC 129. Rogers? 55, 55,000 something. 50, uh, was it 55? I thought it was 54. Man, I'm off no, by it. 55, 55 gotcha. something. But Shit, even tip my hat. To but you, you can go back into Pride, and Pride shock. I would, was it shock with ninety one thousand? I want to say. I fought um Kawajiri in uh in Tokyo on New Year's Eve, and I think it was they said like fifty three thousand or something. Yeah, there's a couple ones I did a couple K ones that were fifty thousand, fifty some thousand. Uh, Nagoya, I fought in Nagoya Arena too against Amazon. That was forty three thousand. Yeah. You know what's crazy though is, as much as I I love to be able to tell people that, it felt like there was ten people in the arena. Exactly, because it's so quiet. It's just I the way was it like, is. Fuck. It is it's the way it is. But what it, what, it but when it pops, it does oh, pop. Yeah, it did. It popped well yeah, it goes, for me. Whoa! And then in that whoa. in that first fight, in that first fight <laughs> against uh, Amazon, Suki Sugie or whatever it was Daisuke. It popped because he he almost armbarred me. I was able to wiggle out of it, and I switched right from the armbar to a knee bar. And so they were for the whole two and a half minutes of the fight, they were fucking on their feet, which was great for me. So, That's but awesome. had they not been, I mean, had they not been quiet during the time that I escaped the armbar, I wouldn't have been able to hear Crazy Bob telling him to get my get the feet off my face so I could slide my leg through for the knee bar. So it was I was actually very thankful that they were quiet during that time. <laughs> Otherwise, I was getting ready yeah. to tap. That shit was tight, yeah. but it was a fun fight, man. I look back, I'm like thankful for it. Um, what are the look? I don't know. Like, I, I agree with you, Benoit Saint Denis. That's going to be a great fight. He's a stud. I love watching him fight. The Jordan fight. I love watching him fight as well. He's one of my all time favorites right now in the game. Um, he's exciting. It's sad that uh, he ended up losing to Burgos, but it was a great fight back great and fight. forth, Burgos. Burgos ran off to the PFL, just making a ton of fucking money now. Good for him. And, uh, he's basically replacing Roy McDonald in the money department. What a lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> I might have to make a comeback, John. Shit, no. <laughs> just kidding. Hell no. Hell, Hell no. 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 All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And uh, Dave's got some news for us. So we're going to get into some news. But let's first, before we wrap before we wrap up and move on to the news, let's actually talk about uh, Andy Ruiz versus Luis Ortiz in boxing. Coming John, up, this John. I mean, let's be honest. You you like to criticize Mr. Ortiz for his age, <laughs> but the guy can box, dude. He can box. He's a stud, man. He's, he's got skills. You know, Cuban fighters they, they they were trained right, man. They they understand, you know. They understand the fundamentals of boxing, and this and he still, he still has speed. He's got power in his hands. He's going to find Andy Ruiz in a difficult target to hit at times, and he's a lot uh, more fluid on his feet than people give him credit for. You know, there's a reason why he did beat Joshua. You know, yeah, he came back and didn't look good in the rematch because he gained a lot of weight. That's what happens when you become the champ, but. This is a this is a good matchup, and it's a matter of Andy needs to outlast him. Andy needs to make it to where he is making him work and making him work hard. Doesn't take the big shots, and then as the rounds start to go by, start to 
pick up the pace and start putting volume on him, and that's your way to beat someone like Ortiz. But this is a really good heavyweight matchup. This is one of the the ones you look at and you go, that's an interesting fight. Because a lot of times you'll get guys, you go, that's just not that interesting. This is an interesting fight because both guys can win it. They're just going to win it in different ways. Yeah, I look at Ortiz. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to get this fight out of here between five and six rounds. Six. I, a, I would have said six, seven. Yeah, as it gets yeah. into that six, five, six, seven round area, depending on how much output Ortiz has, or not Ortiz, but Ruiz has against Ortiz, he's gonna start to slow him down. He's got to make sure he doesn't take the big shots because Ruiz, yeah. if he takes, he leaves his chin out there. He's very hittable. Oh yeah. What I what I have liked though, John, during this camp, and I've been able to watch a couple of the clips of his training game. He has slimmed down quite a bit. A lot. He's looking. He's looking a lot and he faster. Moves. He's moving really well. And that's the other thing. He's yep. got to make sure he doesn't stand directly in front of Ortiz because that power is still there. The speed is still there, especially in those early rounds. Mm-hmm. And I have to basically, I'm just dittoing what you said in terms of Ruiz got or Ortiz has the power and the speed in the earlier rounds. But as the fight goes on, look for Ruiz to start to run away with it. But he's got to make sure he doesn't lose too many of those earlier rounds. Otherwise, he won't be able to get it back in rounds That's six, right. seven, eight. Yeah. That's right. Because one thing is Ortiz. Ortiz still got a good chin. Everyone can look at what happened with the Dante Wilder fight. But you got to remember that. He was winning that fight. It was a yeah. good fight up until it was close. He was winning that fight. Yeah, I, had, I had Ortiz winning that fight. And... And then they can have right up to the point he got knocked out. Yeah, right up to the point he got knocked out. So there's less of a threat. I mean, anyone that gets hit by Wilder, though, come on, let's be real. Wilder's right hand. Yeah, just nasty, nasty. Yep. What was the what was the saying with uh, Crow Cop? uh, Crow Cop. Right, right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. There you go. And that's kind of how Wilder is with his hands. Very similar. Very similar. But if you guys are interested, man, check out mybookie.ag. Use our promo code weighing in, and they'll have some odds on this fight. You guys, uh, let them know we sent you there. They give you some first, uh, some spending cash too, for that first initial deposit. So check them out. All right, let's get into some news there, Dave. All right, the next one we're going to look at is Bellator's announced the rest of its year schedule. Boom. Well, there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Obviously, going to back to Dublin, where you've got Peter Queeley, who is you know. The, a mainstay there. He's one of the main sparring partners for McGregor's, you know, as far as coming up. The guy that he's just a good technical fighter, fun to watch, going against Benson Henderson. And then you've got Manhoff going against Yoel Romero. That's, that's, that's a fun fight. Nothing, you know, as far as championships or anything like that. Nothing that you can go, that is something you've got, you know, to be seeing, but solid fights. The next one is really good. Yeah, I look, the next one is good. You got Pitbull versus Boric. We've talked about this fight, Patricio Pitbull, not the, uh, not Patricky. But, uh, for the October 1st, Saturday, October 1st, that will be in Long Beach. I'm excited for that fight. The other fight, though, that's happening on that card, which is AJ McKee versus Spark, Spike Carlisle. John, all of those, <laughs> I gotta you know I gotta you. He knows let me, my let me opinion get a drink because I have so, a lot to say about this. He knows my opinion on this, so I'm just waiting. <laughs> <coughs> There's a lot to be said. AJ McKee is the better fighter. AJ, Key, AJ McKee is the faster. I think he has more power. I think he's going to be the more athletic, obviously. He's the better wrestler. He's all of those things. <clears throat> But he has never had to deal with someone that will just, like a zombie, 
take a shot, walk forward, take a shot, walk forward, get dropped, get back up, all of those things. Spike Carlisle is going to come forward and try to finish the fight every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. In Carlisle's last fight, he had a very good fight against um, Dan Moret, where he was oh. losing that fight. He was yep. losing that fight. And, and because he, he had fucking balls of steel and did not quit, ends up choking him out. Ends up catching him at the end of the fight. And this is something that can happen. Look, AJ McKee is quick on the neck, as we saw against Patricio in their first fight. He's good with his different types of uh, neck cranks, guillotines, as Darren Caldwell found out. He's got tricks up his sleeve. But if he thinks he's going to go up there at 55 and just walk through and dominate, he's got another thing coming. I mean, don't get me wrong. Spike Carlisle is not the guy, the big name, all the flash, all that stuff. He's not that guy. But this could be one of those really quick fights. Or if AJ goes in there thinking he's just going to walk away with it, it could end up being a long night for him. It could end up being a lot tougher fight for him than than uh, than he's thinking. That's not a good situation to be in. No. He better go in. He better go in 100% telling himself, I could lose this fight. I need to get this win. I look at this, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to say it straight out. This That is dumb matchmaking. Absolutely. Dumb. Absolutely the dumbest thing ever. But, hey. Both guys are going to fight. I like Spike Carlisle. I think Spike Carlisle is fun to watch. He was fun when he was in the UFC. He is a just a dog of a fighter who will take shots to give shots. But if you're looking, saying, this is a guy that you had as your pound-for-pound guy, and now he's moving up in weight, and you're, you're putting him against a guy that's not even ranked, dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Yep. I would have liked to have seen him fight somebody in that top 10 in the 55-pound division. Dave, can you pull up the 55-pound division for us, please, for Bellator? While Dave's doing that, you've got, I don't know who the guy Adam Piccolotti is fighting. Actually, never mind. We'll go back into this 55. (laughs) So you have AJ McKee. I would have liked to have seen him fight Miles Jury. I would have liked to have seen him fight maybe, you know what? I mean, I know Sidney's just coming off of his loss, so that fight wouldn't have happened right away. How about uh, Robotanoff? Robotanoff. Would have been a great fight. Yeah. Good wrestler, good striking, not a big 55-pounder, not extremely fast. But he's a dog. He's got a lot of. He's got a lot going for him right now. He's part of Team Khabib. Like that's a tough fight for anyone. I would like to have seen that fight. I would like to have seen Miles Jury. That'd have been another guy. Um, I get up into that mix. I think it would have been like Shabli and him for his first fight. I would have not matched him up against Shabli. I would no. have not matched him up against um, uh, Mosiah Tofik. But I would have matched him up against Brent Primus. I would take a former champion in the featherweight division and a former champion in the light, and I would put those two together. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does make a lot of sense. John, for once in my life, I can say you're making sense to me. Thank you. For once. <laughs> for once, for once, for once. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen the Robotanov fight, the Brent Primus fight. Um, I agree with you on that. You know, if, if, if Benson and, and Queeley weren't matched up already, I would have said either one of those guys. Yeah. If they weren't already matched up, I would have said either one of those. But I agree. Hey, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> next, let's see what the, what's next on this card. I don't know who Adam Piccolotti is fighting. I don't know anything about him. Do you know anything about him? Uh, I I have watched Barn and I, I it's Barnokoi. Mm-hmm. I want to say this, how you say his name. I've watched him. He's very good in the stand up. Um, this is one of those. He's not good uh, as far as he can't be with Adam Piccolotti on the ground. 
in the same fashion. He's okay down there, but he's going to end up having problems if it goes to the ground. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. In the standup, it will be for a while. Uh, I look at Edwards versus Ward. That one makes no sense to me at all. No sense at all. But None. again. None. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, it's, it's not Charlie Ward is extremely tough. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but it's just not, it's not a good fight for him. The speed, the mobility, the stand up, the kicks, all of those things are going to, are going to play a big factor. And, uh, and I love, I love me some Charlie Ward, man. I love the way he fights. I love the grit he has. I love everything about it. I love watching him fight. But this yeah, is not they, a good matchup for him. And what you're looking at, you know, look at Fabian Edwards is Leon Edwards' brother who fights in the middleweight division for Bellator. And he fights very similar to Leon as far as very, very effective in the stand-up, very fluid with his kicks, good speed, good power in his hands, you know. And Charlie Ward is not the guy that normally is a takedown guy and a ground and pound. He will do it at times if he's got a guy like Edwards, and I could see him trying to take Edwards down, but it's not going to be easy because Fabian, just like Leon, has worked in his wrestling and he's yeah. not easy to take down. So yeah. it's um it's this I, is one that's gonna be a tough one for Charlie. And Fabian also too, th- coming off the high of his brother winning the title, plus him coming off of his knock his highlight reel knockout, knockout. of Leoto Machida. That right there lets you know like they're they're right that when you're when someone in your camp is winning the way that they're winning right now. Confidence. It's it's confidence is high your your gym confidence is high your fighters are fighting another level yeah it's contagious exactly it's contagious they all start to feel like they can all be successful and they can all win titles yep and so they expect for leon to come out and have a dominant dominant performance off of his confidence uh the fight though that you mean sorry fabian sorry fabian (laughs) but i mean leon might you know yeah he might (laughs) Look, the fight that I'm really looking forward to, though, is oh, both is of these. Both this card right here is I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Is I'm looking forward to Nem- Nemkov Anderson too. John, I'm going to be 100 percent honest. Corey Anderson was running away with that fight, starting to. Well, okay, stop. I'm being honest like he, when I say I that. It. I know. I felt like he was already. He, he lost was already the first on round. His way. Lost the first round. Yeah. He won the second round. And he was winning the third round when he dominated the second round, though John dominated the second round. And I gave him the second round, and he was winning the third round. Yeah, when it got stopped based upon a head clash yeah. that he created. So I mean, it was unfortunate, and I I do agree with you. I thought he was starting to take over the fight. He was it, everything was rolling in his direction. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know what's crazy, right? Is that we started this tournament how long ago? And this is the finals. And we are almost, we're in the semifinals of the Bantamweight tournament that we yeah. started. So it's it's crazy to think that we've, you know, because there was injuries. There was some other stuff that all happened and came about. But this is going to be the result of the light heavyweight World Grand Prix that has been stretched out because of, the you know, the Ukraine and Russia situation. That was one thing. All kinds that, of things. That extended it out, and then the headbutt with the the cut. I want to know though, how much of how much different do you think Nemkov is going to be, based off the fact that the the Russia Ukraine thing is still going on, but I think things have kind of I don't want to say subsided. There's people are still it's, it's still going on. Yeah. So that's going to have an effect on people's lives. 
But Nemkov is able to come back into the States, able to, to fight. How much of it, because that was relatively new going on, how much do you think that affected his performance in the first fight? And how much different do you think he'll be in this fight? I don't, I can't say how much it affected his performance in the first one. I, I'm not going to sit there and uh, actually go that way. I look at it, the thing that affected his performance was this guy named Corey Anderson. That was what was affecting his performance. Corey Anderson, once he understood the, the, the speed and range, started to get into being able to take him down. He was timing his takedowns well. He was using ground and pound. He was wearing him down. He was doing all the things that you looked at what Corey Anderson needed to do to beat him. That's what Corey was doing. So I look at it and say, is, you know, is, is it the whole Ukrainian-Russian thing? I can't say that. It might have been, but I can't say it. So Yeah, but, but that's, John, that's like saying that the, some of these fighters didn't have places to train during COVID. It's very similar. Like the, Where they were training and where things were going on there in Russia, Like it was harder for them. And also traveling, whether they get their traveling visas was to tougher. come in. Yeah, yeah the, the traveling, the setting up weather. Am I doing a full camp? Am I not? Am I really going to fight? Am I going to get a visa? Am I not going to get a visa? It's a lot of that wishing wash back and forth. It had to have had some sort of effect. Now, I agree with you. Corey Anderson started to implement his will in his game plan and it was it started taking away and started running away with the fight. I said that from the beginning. Yeah. But I think I think in this situation, I think we're going to see it. I'm not saying the results are going to be different. I mean, I hope they're different in terms of a headbutt. But I'm saying I'm not saying that Corey may potentially start running away with it again, maybe even earlier or maybe a little bit later. But to think for me, I believe that Nemkov will be a different fighter in this fight. I agree I with things you. Things will be different. I think I think the fact that he is now seen the way Corey sets things up. He has felt Corey's power. He has felt the ground and the control that Corey has on the ground. I think he's going to change his application of his offense in an attempt to make sure that he doesn't end up under Corey. Mm -hmm. The question is, can he make that happen? I don't yeah. know. Are these are the two best 205 pounders right now in the world? Two of them. I mean, you you got to you got to put Yuri uh, Prochaska yeah. up there. You know, he's definitely up there. Glover is is there. You know, obviously he lost the fight, but he was the champion. And I just love Glover, even though he's forty two years of age. I know love you know it's near the end of it, but I love the man. So you know, you got to give him his due. And you got guys coming up. You know, you've got you know Ankalaev. He's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, he's a stud. There, I would yeah. say that you know. You have a handful in the light heavyweight division right now of about six or seven that I think any of them could end up, you know, yeah. beating the other, you know, at any time. It's just that's the way it is. And that's the way that. it should be. That's kind of cool. Give you that. I will give you that. Now, look, I have said a lot of things about uh, Usman Nurmagomedov. <laughs> I want this fight. I, I'd like this fight. I think it favors Usman over Patriki. What my concern was is that why why are we in a rush to get him there? I wanted to see him fight somebody in that top 10, which we have not seen him fight. His win over Chris Gonzalez, dominant, great performance. Not really long enough to take a whole lot away from it. Okay, And <clears throat> I would like to see him battle-tested one or two more times before rushing him into a title because I believe... I really believe this is he could be champion for a long time. 
in this weight class. He's got some tough guys that are making their run up. But other fighters that have beaten guys that are um, ranked higher than him, they're pushed below him. And those fighters now, and they're all friends. They all communicate and talk. Tofik has been very public about it. Shabli's been very public about it. Yep. And I, I, I do, look, I don't care who gets the title shot. I got no skin in the game. I like Usman. I'm obviously friends and and close with uh, family stuff. But I would have liked to have seen him get one more fight in before he got the title shot. It's not going to change anything, John. No. It's not going to change anything. He's going to fight for the title because there's a good chance. I think next year they're going to do a, a lightweight tournament because it would it would make sense. You've got too many killers right now in that lightweight division. Not to do that, to do that tournament next year. It makes sense to maybe start it sometime in February, you know, March, February, March. Um, you know, right when the Bantamweight tournament's wrapping up, hopefully, knock on wood. And um, it makes sense. But this this is, I think, Patricky's got the power, but Usman's got the wrestling. He's got the kicks and the distance. With Anybody that fights Patricky's got to be very careful of the power and the headbutts. So once you get past those, okay? I mean, but hey, it depends on who the ref is really with the headbutts. Uh, well, so, but look. You need to pay that referee more. This is going to be one of those dog fights, though, because if we see the Patricky that showed up to fight Tofik and Ryzen, you, you got a fight. You have a fight. Yep. And this this will be one of those, and this is where you find out if Usman is battle-tested against someone who fought against a Patricky that fought Tofik. That's where I would have liked to have seen that one more fight against a, a top-level guy where he could be a little bit more pushed, a little bit more, because right now he's made it look so easy. And sometimes fighter can get fighters can get caught up in, I've been walking through these guys, you know, titles next, da, da, da. Like, you can get a little complacent in there. I don't want to see that happen to him. I want to see him be successful. Yeah. That's just me. But I think it's going to shape up to be a good fight if, if uh, both fighters show up on task. Oh, that, that should be a great fight. It's really, I hate to say it, you know, Usman, is a, he's a technician in the stand-up. Very good at just controlling the range, understanding that distance, and being very accurate when he throws. He's got good wrestling when he wants to take the fight down. He normally doesn't, but he's got to be careful of that power. Because power yeah. can change it with one shot, and it's happened with Patricky many times where, you know, he hasn't been winning the fight. One shot, he's the winner. And so he's got the, he's always got that in that back pocket, so that's a good thing for him. The, the next one and the one that's going to finish out the year for Bellator, December 9th, Bellator 289 has got the semifinals of the Bantamweight Grand Prix, and you got two good ones here. Yeah, you do have two good ones. I mean, there was a lot of media this week on this with Stotts and Sabatello getting after each other, <laughs> talking shit. The, Ariel the Hawani being a referee. I loved it. It was hilarious. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Come on. Yeah, not come here. On. Not no, here. No, guys, not here. Guys, 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 guys. But uh, we were about ready to see uh, the nose get it all done, man. About to give both the Bantamweights a rub. Let them know uh, what's up. Who's the boss? He's about to be Hilwani all up in their asses. I loved it. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, the fighters just got to learn to control themselves a little bit better. But this is the game, man. This is the nature of the beast when you put two guys like that that are very competitive. Both are good wrestlers. Both are good fighters. Um, a lot of trash talking going back and forth. But the fight that I'm... Look, I'm excited for that fight. Don't get me wrong. But I'm more excited for this other fight. Because really? this is one of those... Yes, the reason being, John, is stylistically, stylistically, it's a great matchup. You got Mix, who is phenomenal on the ground. 
And you've got Magomedov, who is extremely hard to take down. And someone that likes to take people down. So how is Mix going to get this thing to the ground? And we saw in the last fight with Magomedov, he's got all these weird spinning attacks. He's not shy on the feet. He throws and he throws with some heat. His fight with Barboza was fucking one of the best fights of the year that I was able to witness. It was a great fight. Barzola. Barzola, sorry, not what I say. Barboza. Barboza, damn it. That's all right. Barzola. And Barzola is a dog. He's someone that comes forward, puts a lot of pressure. And it was a a great, fun fight. I saw a lot more out of Magomedov, who I want to remind people has a win over Peter Yan, also has a loss to him, but also has a win over Peter Yan. So it's not like he's some slouch. He's good all the way around. He's got good good wrestling, good trips. He's got two losses. Yeah, he's got two losses. Lost to Rafael Stotts as well. Yeah, so it, good, good fighter, very talented, good on the feet. I was expecting him in the Barzola fight to really kind of wilt under the pressure and be stuck standing on the feet and not know what to do. I was fucking wrong. Nah, he yeah. is. He throws everything with the kitchen sink. He's got the great cardio, great conditioning. He pushes the pace. He he's throws a lot of technique. spinning actions. Yes, he's fantastic. He so Patchy Mix has got his hands full. After me watch after I watched that fight with Barzola, I was like, oh, he doesn't Ooh. have to Yeah, Magomedov doesn't have to take Mix down. And nope. he can stuff Mix's takedowns if he needs to and just keep the space. Now Patchy Mix also in his last fight against uh Juan Juan Arch- not Juan Arch- no. uh, who did he fight? Kyoji. Uh Kyoji, Horiguchi. He showed me a lot in that fight. Oh yeah. He showed me how patient he can be. How much he learned from the Juan fight, where he wasn't just walking forward, being stupid, and wasting energy. He showed me that his fight IQ has definitely excelled. He's gotten a lot smarter on how he attacks the game and how what he needs to do to keep the fight in his possession. What he did was he closed the distance, didn't chase after, hit him with some combinations, got the takedowns when they were easy, didn't force them. He fought extremely smart, and I expect him to do the same thing in this fight. This could be a really, really good fight when this fight hits the ground, or it could be a really good fight on the feet where two guys are having to slug it out because neither one of them, one can't get the takedown, one can sprawl and brawl, one doesn't want to get the takedown because of the submission threat. We all know how good Patchy Mix is on the ground. Everybody at Extreme Couture's has talked about it. Everyone around Vegas has talked about it. The kid's a stud on the ground. Just making some making a lot of black belts look like they're white belts sometimes. You're making a lot so, of world champions look bad on the ground. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing how that fight plays out, but I'm excited for that fight. I, I I am too, and it's the real question. This is the one thing that I got out of Patchy Mix when he fought Horaguchi. Horaguchi's fast, mm-hmm. and he was, and that was my question going into that fight: How would Patchy do against the speed of Horaguchi? Because we saw in his fight, his only loss to, to Juan Archuleta, he allowed a person to dictate the fight when things didn't go his way. And he, he wasn't able to control his emotions and fight smart throughout the entire fight. Boy, he changed that up against Horiguchi because he fought really smart, like you were talking about. He, he, cut, he would cut off the cage, but he would not overextend at times. And he took a guy that was fast and definitely faster than him and just waited for his moments to take and put the fight in a position where the speed didn't make it make a matter. And it, and that's how he got the win. And he fought great because I would have said going into this, my concern would be Magomed is faster than Mix. 
I don't, I don't think that matters in this. The real question is when it hits the ground, who's going to be the guy in the top position? That's what's going to matter. Yeah, because Magomedov has been in trouble on the ground when he fought uh, Matos. He got clipped, got rocked, gave it, got his back taken, almost got finished in the mm -hmm. first like thirty seconds of that fight, and, and against Stotts, and against Stotts as well, got his back taken. Yep. The last place you want Patchy Mix is on your back. Exactly. The last place. <clears throat> so that's why this fight intrigues me the most, John. What you said and what I was talking about is how. Patchy Mix's fight IQ has definitely risen since his loss. No doubt. You know, to Juan Archuleta. And Magomedov really finding his own into the Bellator organization after his last couple fights. So I like where this is all headed. I love what's coming up, you know, on the on the cards uh, for the rest of the year. There has been buzz and talk that there is potentially a Japan fight. Uh, but that hasn't been worked out yet. If that's still working around, I don't know yet. But I doubt, I doubt I'll be going to that. You know, we didn't. I haven't gone the last couple of years that we've done it. So. All right. Well, hey, that's the uh, Bellator upcoming events. Let's talk more news. What you got? Oh, finally. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. No, I'm you got stealing uh, it from you. Reports out that uh, Jake Paul's trying to finalize this fight with uh, Anderson Silva for boxing. Um, it's not official yet, but there are several uh, sources reporting it. From what I heard, the contracts have been signed for this. Where, where's it going to be at MSG? That I did not hear. No, I, I don't, don't know. I'm, know. I'm asking. Yeah, I'm just yeah. asking. I don't know. I mean, his last one was supposed to be at MSG, so you know, maybe they'll you know, try to put it right back there. But I don't care. Yeah. Jake Paul, this is the fight that I always thought this was the one that I wanted to see. You take on Anderson Silva in this. This is a guy who, yeah, he's older than you by a lot, by double. <laughs> but let's be honest. Size-wise, he is definitely your size. Skill-wise, he is the most skilled fighter you have ever taken on. Let's see what let's see what happens here because I'm interested. I will watch this fight. I will pay to watch this fight, and it's a Jake Paul fight. I don't care, and it's because he's fighting Anderson <clears throat> Silva. I don't know how I feel about it, John. I'm being honest. <laughs> Good. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. it. What it is is, we know that Anderson's not the fighter that he was, and I'd hate to see a YouTuber get a win over Anderson Silva. It would. Okay, hold on. Fuck. Hold on. I want. I want. I want to. I want to build you up a little bit here. I want you to gain some confidence here. Who has Jake Paul fought in boxing? That is not the case, John. No, I you asked you a me. question. Who has he fought? Saying. No uh, wrestlers. Okay. So small wrestlers. Small wrestlers. Anderson Silva throughout his career was a wrestler or was no. a striker? Striker, I get you. Okay. Now, look, he definitely used other elements that he cannot use in the boxing ring. But his first fight in boxing, basically, he had one earlier before, but when Anderson stopped fighting MMA and went into boxing, who did he fight? Uh, Tito Ortiz. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yeah. That was his first fight. Nope. People can say whatever they want. At one time, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was a good fighter. That was a world champion. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying he didn't have a lot of fights against guys that he absolutely should have won. But in the end, he had some tough fights against some very tough boxers. Anderson Silva beat him and beat him cleanly. 
Now, one judge gave it to Chavez, and that was a, some corrupt bastard. But it was easy to see that Anderson Silva won that fight. Now, then Anderson Silva has had multiple other fights, one being against Tito, and he did exactly what he should have done against Tito. He knocked him out. He can box. Jake Paul can box. I know box. he can box. I know he can box. I can't wait to watch this one. <laughs> I'm excited. All, I'm getting choked all I, up. All I said was I'm torn because I would hate to see a YouTuber beat Anderson Silva. I don't think you're going to see a YouTuber beat Anderson. Is he going to go to the distance? Possible. I don't know how to feel about it. Look, do I think it's a good do I think it's a good challenge for Jake Paul? I think it is. I'm more skeptical of the terms of the of the fact that Anderson Silva's chin is not what it used to be, and that scares me. That scares. When's me the last time he got hurt? I, I don't. Come know. on. I don't well, not this is it's I, important. I didn't. I didn't watch his Cesar Chavez fight. I didn't watch his Tito. Didn't fight. get hurt at all. I wa I watched the. I just watched Tito go. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, Tito didn't hurt him at all. No. Okay, no one's heard him in the boxing ring so far. And the, the whole point is this. Anyone can get hurt, you know, knocked out. Yeah. And Anderson could. But Anderson is not easy to hit. Jake Paul, as far as length, he's going to have a very hard time getting in on Anderson. Anderson defensively is very good. And so this is the first time Jake Paul is going to go into this fight with a plus you know, we're going to talk about my bookie. He is going to be the underdog in this fight. Going against the so? 47, almost, well, he might even be 48 by the time they fight. I don't know. But a 48-year-old man. But he's going to be the underdog. And, and it, it, there are those guys, Josh. There's just those guys that you look and you go, yeah, you can fight all the way up to about 50. Bernard Hopkins, he was one, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was. He was. Randy his Couture. Style made it, his style made it that way. That's okay. Randy Couture. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. But, but Randy there was are those guys. 40, 47, 48 when he had to call, hang it up, correct? Yeah, 47. And that's where we're at with Anderson. That's where it gets me. And well, we'll see. John, see, but, this is what I'm talking about. With, with I don't lighter, think this with, is going to be the one. With the lighter weight classes, it's 37, 38. Pushing thirty nine. That's for the lighter weight classes. You get in the heavier weight classes, you know it. It's forty. So what do you think this weight class is? It's the heavier weight class. I get it, but he's on the end of that where I'm talking about. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's not on the end. But I look at this and I go, "Hey, this is at least a real fight. Yeah, this I agree isn't with that. this isn't him. This isn't Jake Paul." trying to take on Michael Bisping, where, and this is no disrespect to Michael at all. Michael's a stud. I love him as far as a fighter, but the man has one eye. Yeah. Okay. You're, and, and he's got two, you know, metal knees. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't challenge Mike Bisping. Okay. Mike Bisping has given everything that he can to the fight game mm -hmm. that it, that that's a, a, a cause that you should not even be going after. But Anderson still is, has been fighting and he has been boxing. And he's been boxing well. And this is one. I look and I go, hey, my hat's off to you, Jake. You're actually fighting a real man. You're fighting someone that is your size. You're fighting somebody that is going to be the guy that's the favorite going into the fight. John, I sat up here. Unless a bunch of YouTube idiots change the odds, which I hope they do. 
<laughs> okay. Because then I'll be putting a lot of money on Mr. Anderson Silva. John, I sat up here. I think it was, was it last week's midweek show? We talked about the Rockman fight being canceled and like who else was. And he was chasing after KSI to fight. Yeah. Jake Paul was. <clears throat> it was last week sometime we, yeah. we sat up here and talked about that. This to me feels like he had a conversation with whatever promoter is trying to promote him and said, hey, people are not interested in you fighting Rockman. People are not interested in you fighting KSI. People are interested in you fighting somebody that actually is good. Yep. Somebody that has a name, somebody that can, someone that's your size. And I think this is that step. Like, hey, the nostalgia is over that, oh, it's the YouTuber fighting a fighter because you were no. a wrestler, but because you were a fighter in the UFC. No, no, no. They want to see you fight someone your size and someone that can strike. That's why I think this fight is coming about. Yeah, so do I. I, I think all the stuff that was happening before the Rockman fight, the other, there, people are like, we don't care about that. We want somebody with a name. Anderson Silva is the name. I'm surprised they didn't try to give him Vitor Belford, to be honest. If you, but if if you look at it, uh, in in actuality, what does Jake Paul have to lose? Absolutely nothing. There you go. Yeah, nothing. he doesn't have anything to lose. If he loses to Anderson yeah. Silva, yeah. who who does he lose to? It's not oh, he loses. How- he loses to the guy that has the longest win streak in the UFC. He loses to the guy yeah. that was the champion for two thousand yeah. five hundred and some days. He loses. The- He's not gonna. It's no big deal. His He's brother got nothing lost to lose. To, his brother lost to Floyd Mayweather, and it didn't. It actually just helped him. Yeah, that's, all, it's like, that's the whole point. They're like Teflon, man. Nothing. Ha- nothing hurts. The whole point. <laughs> he, this is a no lose for him. I, you know, yeah. I just look at it and I go. Hey, I understand why you're taking it, man. Way to go. I'm glad you I'm glad you're man enough to take it. That's a tough fight. And it's a no lose for you. Interesting. Where the other ones are. I guess we'll see. All right, next. All right, this next one, um, and this may be the one we wrap up on. Josh wanted to address this situation. Dominic Reyes. I love this. Pictured Jesus. side by side with uh Alex Bahia. And uh, you know, there's quite a discrepancy here in size. Well, hold this, on. I want you, Dave, while you're, if you can do this, just you don't have to print, pull up the numbers. But I believe that Dominic Reyes is 6'4. And I believe that Alex is listed at 6'3. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I don't no, think I'm right. I, I understand what you're saying. But you, you look at this, and, and I, I will tell you, Dominic Reyes is 6'4. Yep. He is. You know, I've, you know, I stand right next to him. We're. Right at it. They're so, both billed at 6'4". Are they both billed at 6'4"? I, I thought that they had Pahea at 6'3". Jeez, man. No, 6'4 and multiple sources. Okay, all right. So, Jeez. I mean, but you take a look. Well, if he's 6'4 and he's 6'4", he just became 6'5". <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks significantly not just thicker. Just bigger. But just bigger. Just bigger. Look, I mean everything. Look at the neck. Yeah, oh, you know it's everything. It's John. It's what's crazy to me is that one fights at two hundred five, the smaller yep. one on the left, and the other one fights at eighty. Well, I, I mean, Josh, just take take a look at you know the the leg length comparatively. Yeah. You know, it's it's just everything. You look and you go, yeah, wow, that's a one eighty five. Yeah, <laughs> the the hip line is ha- is taller for Pahaya. The shoulder oh, yeah, height by is, far. is is taller. I mean, look and at their the belly buttons. That's three yeah. inches difference. Oh yeah, jeez man. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's got power. He's he's got the he's look. Got he's marketable. I mean, well, you know, that's why. That's his... why. That's why Izzy's going to be fighting him. Ray's making a comeback. That's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to this fight. Looking forward to that. Uh, Izzy and Bahia, and then I'm looking forward to, to Reyes making his comeback. Yep. All right, guys. Hey, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our Wayne In Podcast YouTube channel, as well as on all of our audio platforms. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of those things, iTunes. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit the bell, hit the thumbs up, start sharing our content. We appreciate you guys so much. Also, we go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. We'll have some hats up there available to you guys here shortly and we have the 10-8 to 10-9 round where Josh Thompson's handing out 10-8 to Big John McCarthy all show but what we're about to do is we're about to leave you guys right now and we're going to go film our five rounds main event which is only available on our Clips channel and you can get there by hitting that link down below on our YouTube channel that will take you directly to our Clips channel hit the subscribe and the like button there as well because we have all of our short clips that we release. And that short show that we do called Five Rounds Main Event is only available on that channel. So hopefully you guys enjoy that show, which we're going to film here shortly for you guys. And you guys, this is going to be a fun week of fights coming up. So hope you guys enjoy. And John, take us away. Everyone out there, enjoy what is coming up as the last days of summer. August is almost over. It is almost time for us to hit that fall. A lot of good fights coming up. For everyone out there, do something good for someone. Be kind to someone just because you can, and we will see you.